This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. Welcome to Name Three Songs. I'm Sarah Fagan. I'm Jenna Million. And this is the podcast where we take the piss and debunk music fan stereotypes. Because let's be honest, fangirls knew about that band way before you did. And if you stick around long enough, we'll also let you in on some new music the girls are already crazy about. So we have some exciting news. We are doing a little giveaway. We're going to send you a special personalized holiday card as a thank you and some fun stickers. If you go write us a review on Apple Podcasts, take a screenshot of that, DM it to us. We'll get your information and we will send you a little goodie pack. We're really excited because you guys have been so awesome listening to the podcast, DMing us, commenting. We appreciate it so much. So this is a little thank you from us to you guys. And also, if you've already written one, um, you can just let us know and you can be involved in this because we don't want you guys to be left out for being amazing before we begged you to be. We're doing this for the month of December. So if you hear this and it's December go ahead and do that and then DM us and let us know. So Sarah, what are we talking about today? We're discussing the life and times of Miley Cyrus. <laughs> it's kind of amazing. This is the first woman we're actually like dedicating a whole like episode to. It's always been about the dude so far. And I feel Check like on us. Yeah, we weren't passing the Bechdel test, so we decided, <laughs> we decided we should probably work on that. And I feel like Miley is a very worthy first. <laughs> oh, yeah. For us. Most um, definitely. And I feel like most of the, like, men we've been talking about have been either actually polarizing or, like, the media has tried to make them polarizing. And I feel like Miley was like, please make me polarizing. <laughs> and at first, the media was like, no, we don't want to. And then... <laughs> It finally happened for her um, with the 2013 VMAs, and she was like, shit, this, did, this didn't go the way I wanted it to. <laughs> I think um, I think moral of the story is the media is never going to spin it the way you're hoping them to. Yeah, exactly. Which I just think... I don't know. I feel like that's all we ever talk about is like the media, the evil media. Yeah. <laughs> this is like um Josie and the Pussycats, except it's all just about the evil media. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're not like sugarcoating it like Josie did. We're just being like, no, you you done goofed all the time, <laughs> all the time. But yeah, so I mean, for those of you who don't know anything about Miley Cyrus, which like I don't even know how that's possible if you like use the internet. Obviously, she got her start on Disney Channel with Hannah Montana, which was as Disney Channel does. It's just like pure jolly goodness, you know. Very wholesome. Seven layers so that nobody sees your shoulders. God forbid they see a collarbone on the Disney Channel. Yeah. <laughs> like we question why these Disney stars wind up like Bella Thorne, and it's because they're like, here's your seven knit sweaters you have to wear on top of each other <laughs> yeah they're groomed to be um very covered up <laughs> they're, but they're like groomed to have the breakdown i feel like they're like okay <laughs> you either stay i just feel them. like at this 
at this point, there's been so many young child stars, actors, etc., who get to be teenagers and have a meltdown. Why haven't adults like helped them? Why haven't they made this a better situation for them? They're like, well, it's bound to happen. There's nothing we can do about it. I th- because the adults that are in charge are like making their kids be actors so that they can steal their money. So, you know. <laughs> so true. So obviously, like in doing this research, we have to like go back in time to like come forward in time and. I just feel like it's so wild that there's just like a pinpoint in like Miley's career where you see her trying to sort of be like, yeah, I'm like ready to be a grown up. And that was that 2008. In the Vanity Fair article, you can like see her starting to put the wheels in motion of being like, hi, I'm like a teenager. Because I think she started Hannah Montana when she was like 11 or 12. And in the article, she's kind of talking about like these teen early 20 stars so like Britney Spears Lindsay Lohan like Hillary Duff and like the different sort of like trajectories you can go post being like yeah. a teeny bopper star she basically was like talking in this Vanity Fair article about how like they're going to go through these things and it's like like normal 20 year olds do like go out and party and do drugs and so it's normal that like these people like Britney and Lindsay and those sort of things are like going out and doing this but because they're in the limelight it makes it so much worse and she's like but I know them they're like not bad people And so, like, we shouldn't hold it against them. And it's, like, she also acknowledges that, like, they have things that they're struggling over from being, like, getting famous so young so quickly. And I just think that, like, 15-year-old Miley Cyrus being so aware and, like, cognizant of, like, this thing (laughs) that's going on while, like, for the Vanity Fair shoot, which was, like, her first ever scandal, was that, like, Annie Leibovitz, who is a famous photographer. I don't, I feel like I keep mansplaining to people today, and I don't know why I'm doing this. But... Annie Lee was shot her Miley's Vanity Fair cover and the shoot is like Miley like topless but she's wearing like this blanket and it's supposed to be like this beautiful portrait and Miley talks about how she thinks that the portrait is really beautiful and not scandalous in any way just very like demure and kind of like look I'm growing up I guess is like the best way to talk like say it um and I just think it's crazy how in this interview Miley's talking about these other people who have gone from like Disney-esque careers to then be like wilding out and that's the discussion of this interview and then once the interview comes out they're like Miley Cyrus is involved in the scandal because of this photo and yeah and it's like her bare back yeah exactly like nothing was provocative about it no. Like people were just trying to make it into a thing and it wasn't a thing. And the the writer of this article starts out by saying, before I met like Miley, an editor at a tabloid told me that all the celebrity weeklies have been ratcheting up their focus on her. With Lindsay Lohan rehabbed and Britney Spears under psychiatric care, the tabs are looking to, to Cyrus to flame out or at least do something mildly outrageous. So they were like purposely like this was a planned thing on the media side they were like pushing this like the the wild side of Miley already yeah and she was 15 which I feel like is way too early to even like start making somebody out to being like this like wild bad girl but I mean I don't know like I don't think they should ever do that unless they're actually doing it I think it was in this interview it might have been another one but she was talking about how some tabloid had said that they like found a leaked photo of like Miley and her friend like sharing some sort of candy and that it looked like they were about to kiss and Miley's like it wasn't even a leaked photo I posted it on my MySpace because I thought it was funny and it was like me and my best friend just like being doing what best friends do and I'm just like 
it's just so crazy that like the media sees somebody and is like oh like their parents are famous like they're probably not around that much or whatever the case is and it's like they're gonna be like they're gonna be the one that fucks up because of like what their home life is like or because of what their career is like or whatever the case is and they just like picked Miley and they're like we're standing in wait like we cannot wait for this girl to fuck up so that we can like ruin her and it's just so sad because like the way she's talking about like what she wants like at this point where she is already like sort of planning what she wants to do outside of Hannah Montana even though it still is like pretty early days in her career it's like she never it feels like she never got the opportunity to do what she wanted because the media was like we're just waiting and then she felt like she had something to live up to at least like that's my perspective on it yeah I mean when so that was 2008 and basically around the time Hannah Montana was ending she also released her record can't be tamed and this was kind of like a rock record to like a rock pop record to a degree and she had like can't be tamed and it's funny because like in the in interviews she's done more recently she was like I was warning y'all yeah <laughs> I was warning all of that song like things were coming and nobody wanted to take me seriously I think part of it was like the same thing as like we've talked about with like Zayn Malik and like even Justin Bieber a little bit of like they were this like bubblegum pink shiny object of like wholesome whatever even though there was starting to be like we said there was starting to be some the media saying "Ooh, is she gonna do something crazy I think for the most part like people it was it was like she wanted to establish herself as something serious and because she was associated with Disney like people weren't taking her seriously as like a solo artist or like a musician or beyond beyond Disney like her career beyond Disney and so she had to like take a stand yeah, exactly. I just remember when the Party in the USA video came out and like she wasn't even dressed that sexy, but I think she like had like a push-up bra on or something and you could like see her like her bra like sticking out of her top or something. I just remember everybody was like, oh, Miley Cyrus is trying to be sexy. Like who does she think she is? Like this whole thing. Like I think that it was like maybe my senior year of high school. I want to say and I'm like dude we're all seniors in high school because like Miley's the same age as me I'm like of course she's gonna be like trying to be like oh look I have tits like (laughs) why wouldn't she Disney's been hiding her body for like five years (laughs) I don't like this is the thing is it's like these men are always allowed to be sexual like be sexual objects and like it's not a problem but the second a girl is like I want to be seen as a sexual object they're like no ma'am we need to cancel you now and like figure out some way to like make people judge you because it's like how we talked about in like the fangirls episode of on hannah ewens's book ariana grande who is only like two or three years younger than miley like she's been allowed to be openly sexual and all of this whereas i feel like Miley wasn't allowed to do that even though they both came from like a children's tv show sort of background it's like at least from my perspective like I in working in media the way that I work in media like I've never really seen people be like trying to cancel Ariana Grande to the same degree as they tried to be like Miley's a bad role model Like, there was that one thing with Ariana where she, like, lifted donut, but, (laughs) like, it was, like, Miley, I feel like they were putting plants in, and I feel like Miley's talked about this before, about how, like, most of her friends aren't in the Hollywood circle because she had to find people that she could trust 
because there was that thing where like somebody leaked a video of her like smoking salvia and they were like miley cyrus is smoking drugs and it's like it's not even that bad of a drug i don't i don't i don't know i just feel like she was never allowed to like be a teenager they were just like no we're just gonna try and make you out to be the bad guy well i think that leads us to the infamous 2013 vma awards with robin thick <laughs> going back to do the research this was like a huge huge thing and like okay i'm kind of like remembering it now it was like it was news it was news for a long time she's still like interviewed about it and it's funny because she was like so i guess for context she came out in like a spandex bottoms and like bra top and she was like meant to be like a teddy there's like teddy bears on stage and she was kind of dressed like a teddy bear and then robin thick was there and she was like twerking on him and i guess she's like 20 at the time and she's like she wanted to do this like this was her whole thing and it's somehow just like spun out of control like honestly I think the reaction to it was way more out of control than like she ever ever intended it to be because she was like it's the VMAs like people do crazy things like you make history at the VMAs yeah I just thought we were making history and like they they definitely made history (laughs) just maybe not in the way they intended to I mean I just like it's so funny because (laughs) I just like remember it so viscerally of like watching it happen and being like what is like the choices were made and I was just like overwhelmed by them but I think it was more so because Robin Thicke disgusted me than what Miley Cyrus was doing because that yeah. song was like predatory and awful and like yeah. made me so uncomfortable and I just felt like if Miley was gonna come out and be like okay I'm ready to be acknowledged as a sexual being like do it <laughs> do it yourself I don't know like don't, you don't need Robin Thicke like do it with someone hotter maybe <laughs> or younger or younger I don't even care no if it was like somebody else maybe like I don't know (laughs) I'm trying to think who else is the same age as Robin Thicke like if she had like twerked on Usher like I wouldn't have cared because I'd be like I twerk on Usher (laughs) yeah so I remember watching this happen very vividly and just being like what like choices were made and I questioned a lot of them but most of them weren't Miley's choices that I was questioning it was more so like every aspect of this was like weird where like if they had like been done in like a different way it might not have been as weird but I think Robin Thicke being involved was like what my (laughs) my problem with it was but I mean that stemmed off into like so many issues for Miley because it was like people being like oh she's being too over the top with like her sexualization but then also they were like she's not even sexy enough to try and be sexy like this And she spoke recently on like an Instagram live thing with Demi Lovato about the VMAs thing and about body image and stuff. And it was just kind of like heartbreaking listening to this because like I, when I think of Miley Cyrus, especially nowadays, it's like, I just think of her as being like super empowered and super comfortable in who she is and like what she's doing and like doesn't have any issues with like any of these things. And she was saying that, like, because of that VMA's performance and because people were making fun of her, because she was, like, wearing, like, this spandex, like, nude, body-colored, like, suit thing, she was, she said on this, like, Instagram Live that she went through two or three years where she wouldn't wear shorts. And she's like, I stopped wearing skirts on stage, all this shit, because after the VMA's, and I had on a cute little new bodysuit, everyone started comparing me to a turkey and putting a turkey in my outfit because I was so skinny and pasty. 
and then she was saying afterwards how she's like my brand has always been a about being so like unapologetically myself and being confident and the worst thing that I would feel like I would be to my fans would be lying or like a fraud and she was like so I felt like having this persona being the most confident girl on the planet was actually kind of a fraud because she was so insecure about how people treated her like post the VMAs which is like fully heartbreaking when you think that you're doing something that's going to be like a good career move to sort of escape that like cookie cutter idea that the public has of you and instead people are just like I'm going to be horribly mean to you for like the next two or three years like that's so fucked up yeah she said so and there's a 2013 New York Times article she said I went from people just thinking I was like a baby to people thinking I'm this like sex freak that really just pops molly and does lines all day it's like has anyone ever heard of rock and roll and then she like talks about you know Madonna's performances and no one ever thinks about when she did like the virgin at the VMAs it just becomes a standard like oh that's her thing and so people kind of like started to expect this new like wild side of Miley it was like a a 180 degree like flip of like wholesome character like oh mm, not that like that's not okay and now she's like this wild child that like can't be tamed and um she also said she was like jealous of like seeing other stars perform because she felt like they all like knew who they were and like were Mm -hmm. very comfortable in what they were doing and she was still trying to like figure herself out and then she came to realize that wasn't entirely true but I think this is like that whole like star child thing growing up in the limelight and like trying to figure out who you are because people have always told you who you are and especially with someone like Disney like them always telling you exactly who you are and she's trying to break out of that box and by doing so then she became this like slut shamed icon yeah for that performance well I mean in that I think it's the Vanity Fair one or maybe it was another interview but in it they like acknowledged how Miley was super like formed in that like you could tell that she was very trained on like how to speak on interviews and like how to be like coy and reserved and like not go too far into like talking about things and sort of remain that way and so I feel like when you're trained from such a young age of like how to act around adults and like how to act in interviews and all that sort of thing like you don't have any spare time to like figure out who you are and in 2013 she had like a documentary come out on MTV where she was saying how five years ago that so in 2008 that like she thought her plan like post Hannah Montana was to be in like a band like Paramore and she wanted to do rock music and I feel like she sort of was trying like obviously the music that she released with like uh, Can't Be Tamed was still sort of a pop record but it was you could tell that she was like interested in rock because it wasn't like bubblegum pop music it was a bit harder and like in the music videos you could like see that she was trying to go for that like rock aesthetic of things and people just didn't like respond to it instead they were just like who's she trying to be what she trying to do and because I feel like people weren't seeing that like this is like a slow climb to like who she was trying to find like herself as like obviously I don't know I'm not trying to speak for her but like from my perspective it's like if if you for so long like people only equate you with like your character that you're acting as like I feel like it must be so hard to then do like a slow burn into like this person that you think that you are 
And if people aren't like being accepting of it, you're like, okay, I have to go like a hundred miles an hour instead of 50 and just be like, look at me, look at who I am. And then I feel like there was like three or four years where from at least like a fan perspective, like it seemed like Miley was kind of just lost and like tumbling through space of like trying to figure out who she was because every record was different. Like everything that she's released has been different and like clearly her trying to like find her niche and like trying to find herself in like a very public way, which like is so hard to do, I feel like, because you're not really given the opportunity to rest or like live with an image because it's like the second somebody is like, no, you're doing this the wrong way. You are predisposed to wanting to please the public because of being on Disney Channel, being trained that way. So it's like, oh, okay, I guess I need to change my sound again. Yeah. Well, no, she definitely goes through like a persona switch every single time she does a record. But I think, I mean, now she's spoken about that's kind of just how she is. But before we get there, I mean, because like it was such a 180 with her doing this and then Bangers, which came out at the same time, Wrecking Ball dropped the same day as the VMA performance. And Bangers was like a, a hip hop record. And they there's an article in Vulture where they compare it to like Kesha. But like mm-hmm. Kesha is like obviously like the party type screwball because she's like framed herself as that like in, in her songs, like TikTok and all that stuff. And they're saying like Miley's like attempting to do this but they like people like can see through it. I think the really interesting thing about bangers is, is that like when you do research on something like this, everyone's like, Oh, like Miley Cyrus doing a hip hop album and like appropriating hip hop culture and all these things where the general public, I feel like knew three songs from the album, which was adore you wrecking ball and we can't stop, which none of those songs I would equate with hip hop music. And so I think it's just so crazy that like, I understand wanting to like explore a different music thing, but I feel like there has like Miley has said a lot of controversial things in regards to releasing that record that it's just like, but you didn't even choose to release hip hop style music as the singles So why do you feel like you're the person who should be like speaking out about like what is and isn't acceptable in hip hop music? Yeah, it's kind of like she was like, like even though she was using hip hop music, she, her, her singles off of it were pop for the most part. Yeah. Which was covering up, like to appeal to more people. Yeah, exactly. It felt like she was nervous about the fact that she was like trying to do hip hop and so or her team was nervous obviously like I don't know who picks like what the singles are but like in 2017 she did a cover story with Billboard and she was talking about the new Kendrick Lamar record that came out or song the song Humble which I love that song but she was talking about how like he's just rapping like quote unquote like not in a derogatory way and she's like I love it because she's like so many rap songs are like asked like I don't even want to read this quote because it just feels wrong but I feel like I need to to like make the point but she's saying I she's she's like in Kendrick's song he's saying show me something natural like ask with some stretch marks and she's like I love that because it's not come sit on my dick suck on my cock (laughs) <laughs> and she's like I can't listen to that anymore that's what pushed me out of hip-hop of the hip-hop scene a little bit it was too much Lamborghini got my Rolex got a girl on my cock I'm so not that 
And I, I understand like why this started like a controversy and there was like a whole thing. Oh God, that made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> you need a palate cleanser after that. Because it's just like, like not even, it's, it's just the fact that it's like you, she's dumbing down a type of music just because yeah. she doesn't understand like the lifestyle behind it. And it's like, it's not her place to do that. It's like, just because you release music that is in the hip hop genre doesn't mean that it's your place to like question it or talk down about it when you don't understand the culture behind it because it's like she's a white girl from Nashville (laughs) and also yeah I just think that's like such a like that's such a stereotype of the genre and there's so much out there more to that genre and culture than just that yeah and I feel like while some hip-hop music can be like derogatory towards women like it can be derogatory towards men too that's what pop music is too (laughs) yeah like everything is like it's just different ways of doing it and it's like the culture behind it so it's like while it can be like hidden in pop music or like in pop punk music as we've talked about multiple times like I would I honestly kind of prefer going into it and knowing 100% that I'm going to be degraded than (laughs) like going in and like loving a song for five years and then like realizing later on like oh that song was bullying me <laughs> like I feel like I'd rather know straight off <laughs> that they don't view me as a human really but whatever but there was like a lot of controversy around this billboard thing where it's like I feel like Miley has eternal foot and mouth syndrome almost as bad as Ashton Irwin <laughs> where she's just like for somebody who's so media trained I feel like she's trying so hard to like fit in with the persona that she's doing at that time that sometimes she just says stuff that like doesn't need to be said but it's like the hip-hop community called her out for this and she did like publicly apologize and but it, I think it took a year for her to be like, yeah, I goofed. Like, I shouldn't do this. Basically, the, there, I know that there was this woman in hip-hop who made, like, a post about it being like, why would you do that? Or, no, she made a YouTube video just, like, responding to, like, Miley Cyrus, like, bangers era sort of thing. And Miley left, like, a whole comment being like, I realize now, like, why this wasn't appropriate and why I shouldn't be doing this. So at least she kind of, like... <laughs> pedal back but like in a way of being of like owning it whereas I feel like a lot of other people in her shoes in the past kind of just pedal back without ever being like yeah I messed up like I did something wrong like I shouldn't talk about something that I don't really understand but I do just think it's interesting that it's like there's no I quite like it when people continuously release like different music because it shows that they're growing as a person and like all that stuff. I feel like when bands sort of stay in the same, like every album sounds the same, it's like you don't, like, I don't know. I just feel like you don't get. I think it's impressive that she's had the creative, like, liberty to do so much because, and I think it's partly because she's already famous. She can just kind of do whatever she wants and, like, if it sticks cool and if it flops like it doesn't really matter she's already famous yeah um which like a lot of other like musicians can't really afford to do because so we saw 2013 bangers 2015 miley cyrus and her dead pets which we kind of both just forgot this even happened um it's like a collab record with wayne what's his name wayne kyone from the flaming lips oh that makes so much more sense i forgot oh my god i forgot so but this is the thing is it's like 
that record was only available for free on the internet. So it's kind of like they knew that this was a really big, like it was a calculated risk, but they knew it was a risk. I think it was kind of an experimental project because it was a really long album. Yeah, Yeah. it was only free on streaming platforms. And we, yeah, we kind of just like forgot this happened. And then in 2017, she has Younger Now, which is her very like, all the photos from this area are very like Miley in a dress in the sunset in a field and there's roses. Like I feel like- Very girly and just like a little bit, from what I understand of this record, it was like a little bit country-esque too. Yeah, no, it was very like pop country. But I just remember when this happened, I was like, this bitch wants Liam Hemsworth back so bad. (laughs) Oh my God. That was directly where my mind went, which is like internalized misogyny to the nth degree. But that's what it felt like where it was like she, because she and Liam like weren't together for such a long time. And then all of a sudden she goes from doing this like ultra- ridiculous like lsd trip album with a guy from flaming lips to being like oh look at me being all pure and wholesome in a field and like singing waxingly about malibu which is like where she and liam hemsworth bought their first home together so it's like what else am i supposed to think (laughs) yeah like where else is my mind supposed to go and then her her current record which as we're recording this just came out on friday a few days ago is Plastic Hearts and she's like totally rock and roll 80s Miley. In a 2019 article with Elle, Molly is talking about a new song that she was working on called Never Be Me. And the chorus says, if you're looking for faithful, that'll never be me. If you're looking for stable, that'll never be me. If you're looking for someone, that'll be all you need. That's never going to be me. And when I first played it for producer Mark Ronson, he was like, you can't say that. You have guy fans and they're not going to understand what you mean. I don't even understand what you mean. And Miley says, but you wouldn't say anything about it if a man came in and played that record. And two days later, he hit me up and he was like, you're absolutely right. I totally get your perspective. And so I think like (laughs) a few points here. Number one, it's funny. She was like, I think writing this at the time when her and Liam Hemsworth were still together. Mm-hmm. And I think this is the same article where she talks about like, I was telling you guys something with can't be tamed. Like I'm a, I'm, she, I'm a wild child. You know, it's almost like she's saying like, I have so many like multitudes to myself. Like, don't put me in a box. Like I'm always yeah. going to break out of it. And even in her relationship, she's saying like, she is kind of an adventurer, adventurous type character. And I think like with all the persona flips she's done, I think it's part trying to find herself. And like, honestly, a lot of these interviews after she was like, I, I just like took a break from social media for a year because I need to like find out who I am. And like the, the, the 2017 one where she's like the, the Malibu Miley, she mm-hmm. was like, yeah, Liam Hemsworth and I broke up because I just like, I was going through so many changes. Like I had to figure out who I was turning into on my own before like we could be together, whatever it was. And I feel like I don't even want to, I don't even want to categorize her as someone who just doesn't know who she is. I think this is who she is. Like yeah. she's just someone who has so many different layers to herself. And this is how she expresses them. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think she's a really big creative. She's really interested in exploring those different sides of herself, but I don't think it's her. I mean, the hip hop record, maybe, but like, <laughs> it's not her faking these things. I think it's all just parts of herself that she's stepping into and like, not just personifying, but kind of blowing up these individual elements of herself. Yeah. And like seeing kind of like what happens. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. 
offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Well, I think that that's the thing is I think that Miley has never been a fake like I don't think she's ever been a phony I feel like she's always been a hundred percent Miley it's just that like there's different (laughs) I just think that they're different like facets of who she is and I feel like because again like everybody has the preconceived like cookie cutter idea of her it's like anytime she steps out of that into like a different idea it's like hard for people to understand but I feel like out of so many of these people in Hollywood other than the fact that she was in such an on again off again like long-term relationship with Liam Hemsworth like the people that Miley really surrounded herself with like weren't Hollywood types like she just wanted to have real friends and be like a real person and I feel like that proves itself like in the fact that she was so willing and her team was so willing to let her experiment and like put out such different types of music constantly but I think also and just from like listening to her songs and like my take on them I feel like it seems like her relationship with Liam Hemsworth was very he had an idea of who she was because of the time stamp that they met at and she kind of was like hey that's not a hundred percent who I am And because she felt like the world wasn't letting her change, it felt like she didn't think that, like, the person who was with her was going to be willing to let her change or, like, be, I don't know, like, let her, like, figure herself out, like, while they're together. So, like, obviously, like, I don't know, I wasn't in the relationship, so who knows, like, what was actually going on. But it's, like, I feel like sometimes there are those instances where you're with the person that you think or like want to be with but you're like hey like I'm not fully formed yet I don't know if you're gonna be like want to stick with me while I go through these changes but like maybe you'll want to like come be with me once I go through this like metamorphosis which I feel like a lot of I mean I've had like a few friends who've had situations like that where like they've met somebody when they're quite young and been like this is the wrong time for this relationship because I'm still sorting myself out And then later on, like, they wind up back together because they've both, like, grown and changed enough to make it work as, like, grown-ups rather than, like, teenagers who don't know what's going on. But obviously, like, Miley and Liam didn't wind up working. But, like, I don't know. Obviously, this is nothing to do with their music. It's just a different conversation. But I think it's just, like, the changing of everything and, like, how she brings it up in her interviews and talks about it and how, like, a lot of songs are about their relationship. It's just kind of, like sad I feel like like listening to the songs that are clearly about him where it's like she felt like she couldn't be loved because she didn't understand who she was fully even though like she definitely did but the world was telling her she didn't you know because that's Mm. what it feels like it feels like she knew who she was but the world was like no you don't and she's like yeah don't do I yeah before we were recording you said something about like all of her songs make it sound like she puts herself through a lot of heartbreak or something like that 
Oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I mean, like, a lot of it just sounds like she's really hard on herself when she's in relationships, where she kind of, like, beats herself up. I don't know. I just feel like anytime I listen to her music, it just, like, hurts my soul. Because <laughs> I'm, like, because she seems like such a good person, like, relatively speaking. Like, obviously, like, she fucks up, but, like, who doesn't fuck up? But she just, she seems, like, the kind of person that you could, like, hang out with and be friends with. Like, she's one of those celebrities that I'm, like, oh, like, if you interviewed them and you got along, they'd be, like, want to get drinks? Like, that's the vibe that I get from her. Whereas, like, there's other celebrities that you see and you're, like, oh, when, if you interviewed them, there's no way, even if you get on really well, that they're gonna be, like, oh, like, let's exchange numbers. Whereas I feel like Miley is the kind of person where if she's, like, oh, this person's, like, on my heart level, that she would just be your friend. Like, no matter who you are. I just feel like she's a very special type of human. (laughs) Yeah. One of these articles said that she's like an empath and she just has like a really big heart and like can kind of relate to anyone or just like sympathize, empathize with anyone. And I think she's probably like someone who gives a lot. And I mean, I feel like we've seen that in her body of work too. She just like gives a lot to like her projects. And it's kind of just going back to what we've said of like the media trying to be like, oh, Miley doesn't know who she is because she keeps doing all these changes. And it's like, no, like this is just her exploring her creative self. And I think it's just interesting in like the two different aspects of media in like the feature writing media and then like the tabloid news side of media because in comparison to like One Direction or Justin Bieber or other people that we've spoken of I feel like in most Miley Cyrus like cover features like exposés whatever you want to call them I feel like the media is much kinder to her And much more like, and I don't know if it's just that she is really specific about who's allowed to interview her or what the deal is, because I know sometimes like artists can like put in requests for specific journalists to do interviews, but I just find it really interesting, like the juxtaposition of like these billboard cover stories or like the L cover story and like the conversations that they're having where it feels like these interviewers understand Miley. compared to like the news articles or like we pulled like a I think it was a the Guardian or the Observer like review of Can't Be Tamed from 2010 where like some old man got told that it was his job to to review Miley's album and gave her like two stars and was like she doesn't know who she it was like lots of big words that like were unnecessarily used and I've never my blood boiled and it's been 10 years It was a 10-year-old review and my blood was boiling reading this man talk about this teenager's like jaunt into being like seen as an adult. But yeah, I just think that the differentiation between like the way she's talked to and talked about in the feature articles to news articles is quite interesting. And I just really enjoyed that Elle interview from 2019 because it just felt like two people who got each other were having a conversation. I don't usually like Q&A stories, but I like this one because it felt like an actual conversation rather than like a stifled moment where I feel like a lot of Q&As feel like that because like the questions don't flow into each other always, whereas this just felt like a really good flowing conversation of like somebody understanding Miley and Miley being like, oh, you understand me and therefore like being open. So I'm going to come back to this L1 in a second, but in the 2017 Harper's Bazaar interview where this is like 
for her Younger Now record. She was saying like previously her persona was very over the top and it became something that was expected of her. And she said even like, I didn't want to show up to photo shoots being the girl who would get my tits out and stick my tongue out. In the beginning, it was kind of like saying, fuck you, girls should be able to have this freedom or whatever. But it got to a point where I did feel sexualized. And then she says, even at the Met Gala, everyone had their boobs out and everyone had their ass out. So what's punk about that now? And then she said, it's more punk actually for me to not. And I think that also was like a kind of a a shifting of like the culture in the like the mid 2000s to now of Mm -hmm. like women, as we've said in past episodes, stepping into their kind of like sexual power and being like, this is how I am owning my body and owning my sexuality and this is how I'm going to dress and like fuck you if you don't like it and so there's very much more now that kind of idea about how women are portraying themselves but she says like Miley says now like it turned into like something she was ex- that was expected of her and she didn't want to be that anymore. And then she goes on to say like, how can I be the role model I'm supposed to be? And then it says, she's like, yeah, I just said a role model. Who gives a shit? Because I got my tits out. That doesn't make me less of a role model. I think that's really interesting because she knows she's like in a public space where she still has these fans who are younger, who look up to her. Mm-hmm. Or a lot of fans who grew up with her too. We grew up, you yeah. know, with Hannah Montana. And Miley is a role model. I mean, like, anyone who's like on a pedestal like that is a role model and so she's kind of like realizing more like the older she gets she's realizing like the power she has and like showing different sides of herself and showing that like you can be this multifaceted individual and like you don't have to be just one thing and so she's definitely like more conscious about that and then in the the l article in 2019 she says i like the way being sexual makes me feel but i'm never performing for men they shouldn't compliment themselves to think that the decisions i'm making in my career would have anything to do with them getting pleasure which like amen miley oh my god i love this quote so much and that's what it boils down to like that's what it all comes down to is like not just her like every woman ever like they're making decisions for themselves because they want to own it because they want to feel confident or because they don't want to like whatever your decision is it's up to the woman it's never 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 the pleasure of man that's the thing and i just think that the way she put it is like while it's not so eloquent it is so eloquently put like i uh, i just feel like because it, we do live in like a patriarchal society or whatever like men think that everything is like made to cater to them and yeah. i love when women are like it's not like this isn't about you like this is about me and i just i don't know i feel like especially with plastic hearts like you can just tell that Miley was finally kind of like I don't know because I feel and I feel like I'm just holding on to like her at 15 being like I want to be in Paramore but I feel like she always wanted to be a rock star like I feel like that's always what she wanted to be and she wasn't sure if she was allowed to do it and finally now it's like oh okay I'm allowed to do this because it's just like that's what her voice was made for (laughs) like but I did just have one other comment because you were saying, like, mentioning how, like, the early 2000s, like, women weren't allowed to, like, be sexual. Like, the VMA performance with Miley, like, also sort of, like, fucked her over in, like, a lot of ways. Rather than, like, the narrative being on, like, why did Robin Thicke let this 20-year-old twerk on him? It was, like, why did Miley think this was okay? And she was supposed to be on the cover of Vogue. 
and Annie Leibovitz was like I don't want to do this and it's like bitch you ruined her to begin with like it's your fault that anybody ever started scandalizing her really because you gave them the opportunity to do so by draping her on a bed sheet and now you're saying that she's too sexualized for you to photograph and allow to be on the cover of Vogue like who died and made you queen (laughs) like I just uh I don't know. It just makes me, it makes me upset that Miley's just been scrutinized for so long. Cause like, I'm not saying, obviously, like I already like critiqued ways that she's spoken. Like, I don't think that she's perfect, but I think that women should be allowed to like find themselves. And if that, and if finding themselves means that they want to like dress provocatively and like have their thing be that they lick things for like two years, let them do it. So in 2018, Miley Cyrus tweeted about the controversial Vanity Fair cover. So 10 years later, and Miley tweeted like a screenshot of, not a screenshot, it was like a photo of the newspaper of the New York Post. And like the headline is Miley shame. TV's Hannah apologizes for near nude pic. And she says, I'm not sorry. Fuck you. Hashtag 10 years ago. And I think that was like such a perfect of her now being, see, I think at the time she was like pressured to apologize because she was like, oh no, like, did I do something? She was like, at the time she didn't, at the time of the photo shoot, she didn't think she did anything wrong. And then like everyone freaked out about it. And so she felt like, oh no, maybe I did do something wrong. And now that she's like older and she's like, fuck that. No, I'm not apologizing. Like I did that. There was nothing wrong with it. Like after the fact of that Vanity Fair thing, since we're talking about it again, the interviewer or whoever is like, though the post was Annie Leibovitz's idea, the topless but demure portrait accompanying this article could be seen as another baby step, as it were, toward a more mature profile. And then Smiley goes, I think it's really artsy. And she goes, it wasn't in a skanky way. And she's like, and you can't say no to Annie. She's so cute. She gets this puppy dog look and you're like, oh, okay. So it's literally like this old woman. (laughs) It's like, oh, come on, it'll it'll be good. You got this. And it's like, fuck that. Like, uh, it's just so frustrating because I feel like- Did Annie Leibovitz apologize for this photo? No. And like, she's been in the game for so long. Like she a hundred, like she knew that like this wasn't going to just be seen as like, oh, like a- a beautiful portrait like she like there's no way you don't like when you're shooting for magazines for this long and working with celebrities for that long like it just feels like there was like ulterior motives behind that shoot and I don't understand why once again because Lindsay Lohan and Britney Spears were out of the picture they needed someone new maybe Annie Leibovitz was in on the conspiracy to make (laughs) Miley a wild child hot take of the day it's just the thing is is it's like sometimes I just wonder like if that hadn't happened like if Miley would have been more respected I just feel like there there are so many things that she could have done at the VMAs to be like look at me I'm like a sexual adult that weren't as uncomfortable as that Robin Thicke thing where I feel like if they hadn't already planted the seeds of that sort of like scandalous mess and like kind of making fun of her for trying to like be an adult with like the campy team video and stuff I just feel like she wouldn't have had to take these like drastic steps because like she still could have like released the same sort of music and done the same sort of things but without having to like take these steps that like it seems like she's even kind of uncomfortable with looking back on yeah it's an interesting way to way to think about it because like would Miley be in the same place now if not for the 2013 VMAs. Like, could she, could there be an alternate reality where, like, (laughs) things did not happen to that degree and she's, like, she wouldn't have ended up the same. 
that she is now. Yeah, true. It's like that's the thing with like the butterfly effect, where it's like if you change one thing, like you think it won't change things too much. It could be made out of the puzzle. Yeah. (laughs) Who's Miley now? It really might change things way too much. I feel like Miley now without the VMA, it says like two kids, and like every album was younger now. (laughs) Is married to Liam Hemsworth still (laughs) with two kids? (laughs) And they're pigs and they're like nine dogs. Yeah, exactly. So, one more thing I really want to point out, and like I didn't know this because I honestly haven't been keeping up with Miley much until we were doing this research. So she started this organization called Happy Hippie in 2014. And it focuses on youth homelessness and the LGBTQ community, especially in LA. And I think this is really interesting because she brought it up in like a few of her interviews. Mm -hmm. And she like kind of has spoken out a bit for like the transgender community, especially. So she said, and this is the, um, Again, the Harper Bazaar article, she said, when I started speaking up on trans rights, I spent hours on the phone every day talking to experts. So I was able to speak about it from a knowledgeable place. I think my connections with trans people is you should be able to change and be who you are at any time. She says, like, you should not be glued to gender, age, race. Those things should not define you. You're born as a blank canvas and your job on this planet is to take the time to paint it the way you want. And you can fucking scrape it off and start over again as many times as you want which clearly Miley has very much embodied that idea. But I think it's interesting that she, and like she said in here, she's like pansexual, she's gender fluid. I didn't know this about Miley. So I don't know like how common knowledge this is. I feel like that rhetoric around trans, like being a trans person is like kind of not it but that like just being like oh like you can constantly change because it's like these people are like their soul is born in the wrong body like it's not them constantly wanting to change it's like them being like i'm supposed to be a girl or like i'm supposed to be a boy so i just feel like that language that she uses is questionable at least from like my perspective of like my understanding of things but i do think that it is really incredible that she is like trying to learn and like putting in the work and the effort to like be like I want to help these people but I want to like know what I'm talking about when I'm helping these people because I feel like a lot of celebrities will just be like oh I'm donating to this cause or like oh I support this cause but the fact that she started her own nonprofit and is like putting in the legwork to like understand the language and understand how it all works. I think that that's yeah. really impressive. I mean, I, yeah, definitely like being someone like figuring out who you are and then having to go through like a gender transformation is like two entirely different things. Definitely. But it's just interesting in the context of who Miley is as a person, as far as like the gender fluid side of things, yeah. because I feel like that just has never been talked about a lot in the media. Like I said, I never yeah, I don't think this so. because she's always been in very like heterosexual relationships and she even says that with Liam Hemsworth and like she did there are photos with her dating two different girls at different yeah. points she so after she and Liam broke up she dated Caitlin I can't remember her last name but she used to be married to Brody Jenner yeah and so but I just th- think that it's like interesting where like for so long she's talked about like I feel like it's been a long time of her talking about like her like trying to come to terms with her sexuality and I think that that was a lot of like why she and Liam broke up for some time was like her trying to understand who she is in that sense like sexuality speaking but 
I do agree that I feel like it's not talked about enough. I feel like because she's she has notoriously been in heterosexual relationships that the media just like brushes off that she ever said that. It's like, oh, well, you're straight right now, which is like a whole thing of like yeah. gender fluidity erasure in pop culture in general. Bisexual um, erasure and everything. Exactly. Exactly. Miley's journey of like self-discovery has been something that like when you're on her side has been like a very beautiful journey. And I think that it's quite interesting that like it's so possible to be either on someone's side or not on their side. Because I feel like when like we were talking about Justin Bieber, I feel like the whole world, even his fans were kind of like embarrassed of him for a little while where it's like, because like we didn't, (laughs) we didn't get like that deep into like criticizing his behavior. But I just mean like how I just remember things going like when he was like, punching paparazzi and like doing these things it kind of felt like everybody was kind of like oh let's look away from this train wreck for a little while whereas with Miley I feel like it was either like oh let's judge this train wreck or like let's acknowledge that this isn't a train wreck this is like a young woman trying to figure out who they are and I feel like her journey is so specific in that way of like her fans or even just people who respected her understanding like this is just like a 20 something year old girl going through it and like trying to figure out who they are. Whereas like the people who didn't care about her were like front row seats to a train wreck. Love it. Let's eat this up. But at the same time, like she's doing all this stuff, like making a nonprofit, doing these things, like discovering herself. And it's like, those things just don't get talked about enough because the media was like, well, the people who don't care about her love her being a mess. So let's lean into that. Yeah. I mean, she's another, she's just like another example of someone who's had like quite the career arc of the ups and downs and the in-betweens. And I feel like now, I mean, the last record in this record, she's kind of like coming out on top. I feel like this record is going to be really, really big for her and kind of her latest facet of Miley, although probably not the last, if we're being honest. I Um, want Miley to stay rock Miley forever though. I know. We all want Miley to stay rock Miley, but will she? (laughs) Only time will tell. Okay, so like, yes, I do 100% want Miley to become the rock goddess I've always dreamed of her being. But I think the thing that, at least for me, as like literally growing up with her, because we're the exact same age, like it's just been so interesting and like kind of empowering watching her go through all of this and like not completely fuck up her life I feel like anybody like when I was young that I really liked because I was like really obsessed with Lindsay Lohan when I was young and like just watching her be like an actual train wreck that's not a great role model (laughs) like when you think about it like and I'm not trying to like shit on Lizzie Lohan. Like I know she was going through a lot. I'm not negating that. But I just mean like I feel like a lot of the older celebrities that I looked up to that like were always in the tabloids or stuff like when you're at the grocery store and like reading front page things like nothing was ever that positive. Whereas like once Miley and like once both of us were like older and she's now in these things it's like obviously like I know more because I'm an older person but it's like everything just always felt like they were like ripping apart somebody who wasn't actually doing something wrong because there were never like these photos of Miley like passed out drunk or throwing up on the sidewalk or things like that whereas like there were these photos of Lindsay Lohan like her like vagina out there (laughs) like whatever like whatever nonsense she was doing whereas like there weren't 
there wasn't like imagery to go along like storyline that they were trying to feed us because any photo to prove their point was something that Miley chose to do. It wasn't something that Miley was doing and getting caught doing. That is very true. And so I just think that for the media leaning so hard into trying to like tear apart this young woman who's just trying to understand who she is in the era of like the internet and in the era of like women becoming quote-unquote allowed to be sexualized because it's their choice rather than the media's choice. I just think especially looking back on it now as like an older person it's like Miley controlled the narrative the whole time. And I think that that's just really powerful because even though the media was trying so hard to control the the narrative of her story, like anything that was coming out was sort of her choice. Like she did everything. It was all calculated. It was all sort of planned. And I think like the media pushed her to do some of those things, but I think that she just was like, I'm going to own this. This is who I'm going to be. And I think that's just yeah, really powerful. Yeah, and this goes back to the, um, wrapping it up, this goes back to the the thing, the Instagram live with Demi Lovato, where she's saying, like, I've always, like, advocated and, like, put on this persona of being this confident person. And, like, that wasn't always the case, but it feels like she's always pulled through and been able to show that side of herself to people. And I think that's, a like, a point where fans can still look up to her as the role model is, like, she's always been true to herself. She's always pulled herself up when the media has tried to pull her down and it just goes to show like you can be multifaceted you don't have to fit into the box of like what the media what people are trying to to push on you or to expect of you and so I do think that is a like she is a good role model in that sense yeah so I mean if you guys have thoughts on this sort of subject we'd love to talk about it more and if anybody's like a super big Miley Cyrus fan definitely like reach out to us because of course as always we can't talk about everything in one episode and we both I feel like we both sort of realized how much we like like her story is like hits home in a way where you're kind of like oh like this person who maybe I didn't know so much about is actually like somebody whose life story like maybe kind of like stuck in my brain more (laughs) than I realized yeah yeah I just feel like she's just a really interesting woman who's done a lot of impressive stuff and should be like celebrated more, which I feel like the media is starting to do a bit more, which is quite nice. Um, We'll see. Is this rock record her redemption? We'll see. Stay tuned to find out. So after a few weeks of letting other people take the reins on Band of the Week and 30 Seconds or Less, it's our turns again (laughs) to uh, let you guys in on some new music you should listen to. So Jenna, are you prepared? I am so ready. Okay, I'm going to count you down in three, two, one, go. All right, the band I'm telling you about today is called Sorry. They are from London. It's a duo, a girl and a guy. They kind of take turns singing back and forth. And it's this really cool, ethereal, like 90s grungy rock, like mixed with like newer elements. It's really cool. They had a record come out in March called 925. My favorite songs are starstruck and um there's another one (laughs) um but check them out because i think they're gonna be the next big thing oh my god that was perfect (laughs) um but yeah so if you have thoughts as per usual come hit us up on twitter at name three songs or at sarah underscore fagan and at jenna underscore million thank you guys so much for joining us on name three songs until next time never let anyone make you feel bad about your favorite band 
And remember, you're never too cool to listen to Harry Styles. Don't forget to subscribe to be notified when each episode comes out and leave us a five-star review. They really help. If you want to find out more about any of the sources we referenced in this episode, you can visit namedreesongs.com. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.